podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The last two episodes of our series on conspiracy theories have been focused on MK Ultra, and today, in part three, and our final part exploring the CIA experiments, we are looking at the Manchurian candidates. Can the government really get someone to kill without their knowledge? Let's investigate it, and you decide. films, TV, wrestling, music, serial killers, and much, much more. We've new guests every week, released new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can check the video versions out on youtube.com slash acepodcastnation or the audio podcast versions on pretty much everywhere, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And whole host of them. There's loads of them. Too many to name. And uh, today's show is on conspiracy theories, uh, as mentioned at the start. So to join me to take take a trip down the rabbit hole of paranoia and government secrecy is my co-host Reese Pycroft. Evening, buddy. You're right. Yeah, it's all good, mate. Good to be back again. Indeed. Just getting back into the swing of the weekly ones now. It's going to be uh, yeah, be tidy. Uh, this was really interesting. One. When when I was like when I would went to look at stuff for it, I was thinking, oh, there won't be that much on it. There'll be like a little bit. But I found like a couple of really interesting things. On one of them was on someone I didn't expect. Like I knew I was going to be able to find a load of stuff on Sirhan Sirhan, who killed Robert Kennedy. But yeah. then I found a load of stuff on Lee Harvey Oswald as well. So it's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it now. Uh, as usual, disclaimer. Before we head down the terrifying and weird road to conspiracy theories, we want to point out that just because we discuss a particular theory doesn't mean that we believe it to be true, agree with the point of view, or in any way think that this is what went down. We are simply going to discuss discuss popular theories and the evidence presented by the people who championed them. Away we go. So... Yeah, we looked into MK Ultra generally in the first one. Last week we looked at Frank Olson and some individual cases of where people have been affected by MK Ultra. I think it's uh I think we both agree that it's brutal and it's not particularly pleasant what they did. Um the Manchurian candidate side of it is a bit bit slightly different it's still like the same sort of thing um so for those who don't know the manchurian candidate originally was a book like a it was a novel fiction uh, it was made into the move into a movie in the 60s and then it was remade in the 2000s i think or the early late 90s with denzel washington uh, but basically in the movie uh, an influential politician who's actually an enemy or a mole uh just turned while being a prisoner of war and is now against America. 
um but basically he doesn't realize that it that he's a mole he's kind of every time he's i think it's his mother if i remember correctly um she kind of phones phones him and says the trigger words and then he does whatever she says um it's really interesting it's really the, the remake is really good i haven't seen the original um and also the first season of uh tv series homeland sort of kind of dealt with it with this kind of prisoner of war coming back and then uh sort of being brainwashed or i think in that he was actually bribed more than brainwashed but basically he came back after being a prisoner of war from a middle eastern country i can't remember if they named the country and then when he comes <laughs> back the cia start investigating him that he might actually be of sort of switch sides um and it's, it's it's a weird one because as we've shown and discussed in the first two shows like they were trying to achieve brainwashing of people and they did to a certain extent they are able to break people's personalities and i mean the basis of it is that they want to break down your personality and they torture these people until they have like a multiple uh, personality sort of thing going on and then they try and imprint what they want over that and use trigger words and things like that to to get them to carry out things without i would don't know if it's against their will but without them being aware that they're doing it yeah it's a scary thought There's another film out of Barina with a female one. I can't remember what it's called. I'm not sure. Wouldn't surprise me. This um, there's like a lot of kind of films around brainwashing and stuff like that. But I mean, the thing which gets me about it is like I think it's clear that they they can do at least part of it even if I'm not sure if they've ever been able to achieve it. And I mean, even that thing with Darren Brown, where he convinces, he hypnotizes the guy into going into a theater and he gives him like a gun, which doesn't fire. And the guy goes into the theater to watch the Darren Brown show, stands up and pulls the trigger thinking that it's loaded and he was going to kill Darren Brown. Yeah. It's like, if he can do it with hypnotism, then I'm pretty sure the CIA or the government could do it with, you know, experimentation, LST and torture. They must be able to somehow. So, <clears throat> it's, so the original, the, um, it was based, the original Manchurian candidate film was based around like communism and stuff. Um, and then I think in the remake, they changed it to kind of like jihadis and that type of thing to sort of update it. Um, it is a good film. With, uh, I'll be honest, um, I haven't seen any of them. The the, the one with Der- uh, Darren Brown, uh, Denzel Washington, it is a really good film. Um, and it's got, also got the guy who plays uh, Liv Schreiber in it. Um, I can't remember the name of the programme he made. He's in a decent programme where he's like a fixer. But I can't remember the name. Um, so, just a quick, quick 
quick history of brainwashing, as it were. Uh, brainwashing first gripped uh, kind of national imagination during the Korean War, which was in the 1950-53, uh, which pitted the United States, South Korea and the United Nations allies against North Korea and China, who were backed by the Soviet Union. For most of the war, the Chinese commissioners uh, working with the Soviet advisors had controlled publicly known prison camps where they would send Americans in North Korea, along with like secret camps that US intelligence believed existed in, within China. Um, and then while many American prisoners in Korea, they would behave and even though it was appalling conditions, they would just kind of, you know, take their torture, if you like, and not sort of try and, you know, not give in or not help or not give them any information. But a large number did collaborate with the, the Koreans and the Chinese by informing on, you know, fellow soldiers. They wrote propaganda. They also made, made detailed false confessions, including <clears throat> uh, to do with germ warfare. Um, there's actually a like a well-known story. I say well-known. I didn't know about it until I read about it today. But the 21 of them, which are known as the turncoats, uh, they even chose to live in China after the war. Um, and their actions actually provided a lot of ammunition for the Hate America campaign, which went on when Eisenhower was in the White House. Um, it was like <clears throat> it was like really uh, vitriolic propaganda, which was like waged in Russia and North Korea and China, um, pretty much anywhere which was on their side of the war. They just bombarded it, you know. And I suppose it's similar to what the Germans did in World War Two. You know, a lot of there was a lot of uh, kind of anti-Jewish propaganda and propaganda about how great Hitler was and all this type of stuff. And these days you get it, you know, there's diff just a different type of propaganda, isn't it? There's propaganda everywhere if you find, if you look close enough. Um, I'm sure I saw something earlier that um, one of the national newspapers had like two different front covers, one in Scotland, one in the rest of the country. Yeah. One of them was like Slayton Corbyn and the other one is Slayton Boris Johnson. Exactly the same paper. That's surprised me, mate. Uh, uh, yes. As, as I've mentioned on a few different shows, the people who are genuinely in charge of the Western world at the moment, they don't care about Trump and they don't care about Boris Johnson and Brexit and give a shit about that. They care about, they want people against each other and like in britain it's at an all-time high where people are just constantly arguing over brexit as if it like matters either way doesn't matter because the people in charge will do what they want anyway and brexit will make yeah. no fucking difference whatsoever they just tell you that it will whether you remain or you leave it'll be exactly the fucking same yeah but people are too busy, like, they just buy into everything, which their their TV machines tell them. But there we go. It's, that's just my opinion. Get into that. Um, so, yeah, at the time of these, uh, what did I call them? The 
cartoon cults. They, yeah, military intelligence and the CIA were like scrambling to understand what would could possibly motivate these American men who had gone to fight in a war and, you know, knowing they may die fighting for their country, what could possibly motivate them to just suddenly turn like that in such a, you know, such a public and extreme way. Yeah. Um, and obviously the CIA straight away broached the, uh, the brainwashing uh, possibility because even though it wasn't in public knowledge at that time, you know, 50, 53, they were well into it. You know, they were ball, balls deep into oh, yeah. like experiments with mind control by that. But it says, it did say that the CIA then launched its mind control experiments. But I mean, I think they were already on the track to doing that anyway, even if they weren't, you know, quite at the MK Ultra part of it. They like we discussed those other programs uh, and the different programs that we uh, artichoke on that was one of them. Yeah. And the ones that preceded MK Ultra. So, you know, he's they may have gone more into brainwashing when they found out about these turncoats. But ultimately they were already going to go down that route. They were probably just looking for an excuse. Um and like ironically the experiments which they went on to use in MK Ultra involved far more extreme techniques than what the enemies in Korea used on the soldiers, which are obviously rightly, you know, when people discuss the history of that war, it's like the you hear about the brutality of the camps and the way that prisoners were treated and this and that. But the US government did worse to their own people. Yeah. Only only a few years later. It's just that no one found out about it until later. And because because the it's weird to me, see so when I was a kid, if someone had told me like the story of MK Ultra I'd have been like, wow, why isn't it in the papers like all the time? Like people writing exposés and interviews and just like, it's like this huge deal. But like, no one really talks about it, even though it's been like declassified and stuff. You don't see that much about it. You might see like the occasional like documentary or something, which comes out once a, every couple of years on the anniversary of when it was declassified or something like that. Who's like, going to want to risk talking about it and digging into it? Like, it's, it's like, it's declassified, isn't it? So it's like, it's fact. There's obviously we more to it. it, though, mate. Oh, of course, there's always more. There's always more secrets, these bastards. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so hard answers were uh, demanded by the American government to the people in charge because they wanted to know what would, you know, what would what would make these prisoners turn. Um, the, the Pentagon was ready to with with programs to interrogate and process the men, including the Army's Recap K project, which was for men who had been recaptured from Korea. Uh, it was similar to apparently there was a re, Recap WW project, which was the same for the World Wars. Uh, I would assume where they kind of want to check that the the soldiers coming back have not been turned or whatever. Um, and part of the plan was to like root out the prisoners who turned by 
floating interrogations began on the on the ship on the on the way home to the American shores, um, and the like prison camps received the the ones who were at the prison camps received the uh, most attention, should we say? You know, and it was basically there. I would from the bits I read, it's like they basically gave him a load of beatings to try and make him reveal if they turned. But you imagine how many of those soldiers who didn't turn had to go and, you know, had to go through that. Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, the the turncoats, that the 22 or whatever I said number was, they, they, they remained in China anyway. So, you know, I'm sure there was more who did give away secrets or information because of the torture because like it's my opinion that you know everyone has got this at a point where they can't take anymore yeah um, even like these brave soldiers so they will have given him something at some point even if it was like something meaningless or something which didn't matter and you know it is what it is i suppose um and yeah so then brainwashing obviously went on from there with the mk ultra and all that sort of stuff so we know what brainwashing is we know what mk ultra is because we discussed it in part one and part two we know what a manchurian candidate is um so let's talk about uh Okay, let's talk about Lee Harvey Oswald first, because that one was really interesting to me, because I, whilst I think there's loads more to it, and we did a show on JFK, check it out, um, it's, you know, there's, we've done this show on that, we discussed all the different things, we both agreed there's more to it, we kind of thought there was, he had help at least, if not, even, he either had help or he was set up, we couldn't quite, make a definitive agreement between the two of us um i'd never really considered him like the or the possibility properly of him being a, a manchurian candidate um whereas sirhan sirhan i think is quite clear that he probably was by he, the way he was the way the things he said since the things he said in his confession the things he said the way he looks when they march him when he's been arrested. But we'll get into that now. Um, so before I go into all the information, what do you think of Sirhan Sirhan? Do you know much about that one? I, I think he's a definite. G- How they did it or what they've done, I don't know. But they turned him or they've, they've done something with him. Prime example of it is he doesn't even remember the the trial. So say you were going to hypnotize someone to do this killing. So, so right, let's tell you, we'll start with Sirhan Sirhan. But um, so say you were going to uh, create this Manchurian candidate. You're going to hypnotize someone or torture them or whatever you're going to do, however way you do it, to kill Robert Ken- uh, Bobby Kennedy. Do you want him? To come out of that uh, that kind of hit that trance, whatever you want to call it, 
the moment he's done the killing? Or do you want him to kill him, get caught, confess, and then come out of it? But to me, I want him to confess. Because then, no matter what happens afterwards, and it has proven because he's still in jail, no one's going to believe it because he confessed. Whereas if he comes out of it the moment he's killed him and then he gets arrested and he says, I don't remember, people are going to question it and they're going to be like, well, why doesn't he remember? That's a bit weird. Do you see what I mean? I do, but on the flip side of it, if they did something to like hypnotise him and block out a memory, whatever it might be, there's ways to retrieve that memory via hypnotism and things, isn't there? There is, but I don't think we're talking uh, necessarily like the normal rules of like, it's not like, um, like I phone a hypnotist, say I get a hypnotist off Google, get him to come and hypnotize me and tell him to make sure I can't remember it. And then phone up another one the next day and say, can you hypnotize me to remember what the other hypnotist did? He could probably retrieve those memories, couldn't he? Whereas these, it's not just the hypnotism, it's the the likely torture and the other stuff that they do to achieve the, I don't know what the word is, like achieve, you know, achieve what they want in terms of having someone who can kill and then not remember it. Do you see what I mean? It's not just like a simple. It's crazy. It is, it's weird, mate, and it's, I always think, like, say he didn't kill Bobby Kennedy, and he just, it's just one day, um, kind of just woke up from his trance or whatever, and he's, like, in jail, confessed, and he's killed the president or whatever, it's like, how much must that mess with your head? And, like, just be like, what? Yeah, imagine, like, coming round and remembering it all. It's crazy, mate. I don't know what would be worse. Coming round and remembering that you killed someone or coming round in, like, your prison cell, orange jumpsuit, legs and arms chained, and you've been sentenced to life in prison and you don't know why. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's worse? Like, it's, uh, it's a crazy... But not knowing it'd be worse, wouldn't it, I think? Yeah. Because you'd never know if you did do it. Yeah. Like, did I, did I, you know, did I do it? Did I not? It's That scary. would definitely be bad, wouldn't it? No, yeah, definitely. Um, but there's, I, I, I've got to be honest, like, I've read a few books on JFK and looked into JFK loads, I haven't looked into, or I hadn't looked into this as much. And like when you Googled Sirhan, Sirhan, Bobby Kennedy, so much stuff comes up of like the the unsolved murder of Bobby, Bobby Kennedy, the, the transcript tapes of Sirhan, Sirhan. And like the Sirhan, uh, Sirhan tapes, they're really quite distressing to, to like watch and to listen and to, to read through. Because, like, in parts of it, he really does seem like he doesn't know what's going on. 
like he understands that everyone hates him. He understands that he's been told that he, you know, he killed the president or whatever. But he doesn't quite. You can tell there's still like a lot of confusion there, which you know, obviously, those tapes are from a long time ago. He's still alive. He got stabbed a couple of years ago in prison, but he's still alive in California in prison, which is mad as well. Um, right. So Sirhan Sirhan is a Palestinian uh, with Jordanian citizenship. He mortally wounded United States Senator Robert F. Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, California, on the 5th of June, 1968. Uh, Kennedy would later die the following day. Sirhan was convicted of murder and is serving a life sentence uh, at, in a correctional facility in San Diego County, California. Um, so that's just a little basis to him. So the Robert F. Kennedy assassination took place 12.15 on June 5th, 1968. Uh, he fired, Sirhan Sirhan fired a 22 caliber revolver at Kennedy and, and the crowd surrounding him in the hotel. Shortly after, Kennedy had finished addressing his supporters. Um, Kennedy was shot three times, once in the head, twice in the back, with the fourth bullet passing through his jacket. He died 26 hours later. Five people at the party were also shot, uh, but all five recovered. So, 42 years into his life in prison for assassinating Senator Robert Kennedy, uh, Sirhan Sirhan stood in front of a parole board and he repeated the same thing that he had been saying at every parole hearing for decades. He has no memory of the shooting or his subsequent trial and his confession of guilt. And for the 14th time, his application was denied. That is a long time to be in prison and not remember why you're there. 42 years. Longer than I've been alive. Longer than you've been alive, isn't it? Just about. <laughs> and he doesn't, according to him, I should say, he doesn't remember shooting, trial, or his confession. He's told the parole, and fair play to him, he's told the parole board 14 times the same thing. Now, he could have lied and said, I remember... I've been rehabilitated, I apologise, I've been behaving in prison, and got his parole. You know, how many prisoners do that at the parole board? Do you know what I mean? They, they say that they've got remorse, they say that they've been rehabilitated, because they know that if they don't get parole, they're in prison for life, or for another 20 years, or you know, whatever it may be. So, you know, to be fair to him, he hasn't changed his story since in that, you know, in that time. Um, his yeah, not attorney, even slightly, yes. Yes, to say the same thing. And it's, so it's really quite distressing. His attorney filed uh, like a series of appeals that had aimed to get him back in front of a judge to correct what they called an egregious miscarriage of justice. Now, can you imagine if it's ever proven that he either A, didn't do it, or B, 
isn't responsible for it because he was hypnotized to do it. Can you imagine that the the outrage and the the uproar of that because actually he's been in prison for over forty two years now because that the article I pulled that from is a couple of years old. It would be I think it would have a really catastrophic effect on like the American justice system because it's such a big well known case. Um and like we just said, he hasn't changed his story for the whole time. It's a worrying, worrying thing, mate. It is, but we haven't okay. really heard no more of it. So Not of him, like someone else. No. Yeah. So here's the thing for you then, mate, right? What about, so say he was hypnotised into doing it, but he did do it. What is an effective punishment for him if he should have one at all? Because to me, he doesn't deserve life in prison. But what if he did kill him? Just didn't know about it. it, it at the very what, maximum, what you do it with would have to be manslaughter. They, they can't do him for murder when he's... It's not that he's he's even like if he was wasn't of sound mind, he wouldn't go to trial. So he's obviously of sound mind, but somebody has used him as the weapon. Yeah, it's a weird one, it? because like people who uh, have got like a serious mental illness, if they commit a crime, they quite often won't go to trial because they can't be held responsible for their actions. Yeah. Yeah, here you've got this guy who's like a life in prison who's saying that I was coerced and hypnotised into killing this person and he's in prison for life. Now... But on the other side, show me a shred of proof that he's been hypnotised. I know his story and everything he says, but he may just well be a really good actor. Yeah, I think... um, the thing which sold me on it was the, I think it's like a video of him quite soon afterwards. And he's just like completely in a daze. Like, but that could also be like shock. That he's or he could be a schizophrenic. Yeah, it could be anything. Mate. It's gonna, and it he might not know shock. what the other personality is doing. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one. They um they argued obviously that he'd been hypnotized to carry out the crime. Um I do think though that's why they don't want to put him in front of a judge and do like a any sort of retrial or whatever, because I think it would cause a lot of issues. I think they it's almost like they they would have to even if he got found guilty of it, but under duress, because he's been in prison for so long, I think people if it was like proven in court of law and they sort of came to the conclusion that he'd been hypnotized and coerced into it, it feels like they should have to release him from prison because he's been there for like 45 years or whatever it is. Yeah, but it'd have to be proven. Yeah. And that's, that's never going to happen now. I don't even think they would give him the opportunity, mate, to be honest. Even if they came up with some magical way of proving it 
and they said look this definitively will prove without a shadow of a doubt whether he's been hypnotized or not i still don't think they would let it go to court no yes they argued he's been hypnotized to carry out the crime in addition to presenting two expert audio analysis indicating that there were two guns fired from different directions and to claim that the bullet that hit his, uh, Kennedy's neck was switched out to match Sir Han's gun. What was you going to say there, mate? Nothing, mate. Sorry, I was yawning. Right. Sorry. It's all right. It's it was all right. a loud one. Um, yeah, so the bullet which hit his neck was switched out to match Sir Han's gun, is what the, his team thinks. Uh, the filings bolster a long-repeated conspiracy theory which asserts that Sirhan was the victim of hypnosis, an unwitting shill whose Arab name made him an easy scapegoat and drew attention from the true architects, drew attention away from the true architects of the assassination. Uh, according to the new pleadings, Sirhan was an invol- involuntary participant in the crimes being committed because he was subjected to sophisticated hypnoprogramming and memory implantation techniques which rendered him unable to consciously control his thoughts and actions at the time of the crimes that were being corrected uh, were, were being committed um, and they also are then went on to say if that is the case where did the murderous uh, urges come from they didn't use urges, they used a different word. But murderous thoughts come from if they weren't his. Um, uh, but like I say, the judge didn't want to know. Has it ever said, like, did he have the gun on him? Did he get it from somewhere? Um, I'd have to double check that. So. That, that's what bugs me. Have a look, shall we, and see. It's it's a weird one with um, old Bobby Kennedy because it's almost like because of JFK, people almost forgot that Sirhan Sirhan and Bobby Kennedy. There was a bit of um, sort of conspiracy theories surrounding that, but it doesn't get as much sort of airplay, if you like, from people because of JFK, which happened a few years later. Like, if JFK hadn't been murdered and everyone was, like, so focused on that, I feel like um, Sirhan Sirhan would have got more attention. Like, I know he's famous and people, you know, say he's been brainwashed or he didn't do it or whatever, whatever it may be. Trying to find, so I can't find like a a list of evidence. I'll cut this a little bit out now. Um, I just want a fucking like a list of did he, don't he? He got loads of those in JFK. But what about if he say proves his guilt? I'll cut this little bit out. That's an interesting one. Bobby Kennedy's friend says that he didn't do it. 
Oh, that I've got to get onto it in a minute. Is Bobby Kennedy's son doesn't think he did it? Hmm. Why? Uh, I haven't read any of this. I've got to be honest. Get into it. I can't find a bit. I can't find. They they had the gun. I know that much because people who support him say that he. Um. Like they switched it out. which rendered him unable to consciously control his thoughts and actions at the time where the crimes were being committed. Um, and they said, you know, if that's the case, where do his murderous tendencies come from? Um, which is kind of an interesting concept because in his court of law, like the prosecution would have just said, well, that's all bullshit. He killed him. Whereas they're saying... His, they're asking the question like, who put these murderous thoughts into his mind? It's a weird, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like that in a court of law, because you're almost admitting guilt, but then saying, "Oh no, but it wasn't his thoughts and actions at the time." So I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. What, what what gets me with this? It doesn't make it believable because they've got so many other ways they could assassinate a president. And how risky is it? Hopefully, he's, he's he's a senator. Yeah, it is. It's, but then, was it like a test? Do you know what I mean? Surely they've done like... it on someone not as profound. Yeah, but maybe they needed to test it on someone, you know, who was like, they needed to do it in like a public place and well known and. And I think the other thing is, as well, is these sorts of people who were doing all this experimentation and stuff, you know, I think they've got quite the ego as well. Like, the way they treat people, it's almost like they would have done it just to see if they could. Yeah. <laughs> sounds ludicrous, though. Um, You're right about like, an attitude. Um. Sirhan, Sirhan's lawyers, you know, they might be right about the, like the general lack of public awareness in terms of like what people think hypnosis is capable of doing, um, and like they had this Doctor Robert Clough, the clinical professor of psychiatry from a university, um, and he was he had like all these kind of so he was like president of the Society of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis. Um, and he said the scenario that the Sirhan's legal team advances is absolutely within the realms of possibility. Like, and that's someone who's just an expert in hypnotism 
you're not even taking into account other you know other aspects of mk ultra and what they did and he said oh, yeah it's definitely possible do it um, i just I, I i just don't buy it not with yeah, this one just... so he says um obviously it's a far-fetched theory but he said to put it into contest context uh, you know it that it's you know it's undisputed and freely available information that the US government secret services uh, have extensively researched the possibility of creating so-called hypnotic ass- assassins and hypnot- hypnotic couriers um, the hypnotic courier would theoretically memorize a classified message while under hypnosis and then only be able to retrieve the information if provided with the proper post hypnotic cue um which is i've got to say if that didn't involve torture and stuff that is genius that you could pass a message through people and like a secret message and the only way that they would say the message is if you say like a specific phrase and stuff like that is like you could understand the benefits of having that but it's just just the well, way they, they went Americans about it. Utilized the Navajo Indians. Mm. At the time, the only people who could speak Navajo were the Navajo Indians. And the Americans used to take them and they'd pass messages between platoons and things like that. Navajo to Navajo. And yeah. they used to have a sergeant with each Indian. And their only job was, if they got caught, kill the Indian. Jesus. Have you seen the film Wind Talkers? I haven't, no. You need to watch it, mate. Good. Amazing. But it's it's all based on that. So follow on from that. Your next step is you get someone to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that obviously eliminates the possibility that an agent would divulge the information if captured and tortured because they wouldn't know they had. Yeah, and it... You know, the, the torture is, no, they're not Unless keeping this information, them. they haven't got it. Yeah. Um, information on whether and how COVID organisations have put the findings of hypnosis research, such as that conducted in the CIA, allegedly, allegedly discontinued human experimentation programme MKUltra to use. However... It is harder to obtain uh, to, you know, get someone to kill rather than a message with hypnotism. Uh, but he did go on to say that it is, uh, it's not possible to hypnotize someone to do something that obviously violates their belief or desires. In, ho- in hypnosis, though, context is everything. So say, for example, an unethical hypnotist wanted to hypnotize a suggestible uh, vegetarian to eat a steak. If the hypnotist simply put the vegetarian into a state of hypnosis and then presented him with the steak, identified it as a steak, told the person to eat it, the hypnotized vegetarian would almost certainly refuse. But if the hypnotist put the vegetarian into a state of hypnosis and then made repeated misleading suggestions, that in a short period of time, a waiter would deliver a mouth-watering uh, mock meat soy-based protein slab, 
that would be both delicious and meat-free, and then proceeded to order a genuine fillet steak, the vegetarian would be probably likely to take a bite and eat it. Yeah, that's so, believable. So, like, what he's saying is, whilst generally you can't hypnotise someone to go and do something which is against their beliefs, they can, you know, there's ways around it and you can do it. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say on uh, Suhan Suhan was about Bobby Kennedy's son, who is still alive. Well, not obviously, but he's still alive. Um, just give me two seconds. So, Bobby Kennedy Jr. So, in 2018, in an interview with the Washington Post, Robert F. Kennedy Jr said that he travelled to the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in California to meet with Sirhan, and that after a relatively lengthy conversation, the details of which he would not disclose, he believed that Sirhan did not kill his father and that there was a second gunman involved. Um, so obviously, the main conspiracy theory in terms of how Bobby Kennedy was killed is that Sirhan Sirhan was there with a gun, which he was hypnotised to do. But there was also another gunman there who fired the kill shot and got away. And then Sirhan Sirhan was like the, the patsy to take the blame. So whatever Sirhan Sirhan and Robert Kennedy Jr. discussed, Bobby Kennedy's son believes that Sirhan Sirhan was, is innocent. Which is interesting. That's believable to me. Well, there was a second gun. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you apparently if you study the audio, um, you know it's quite clear that there's more than one gun. Um, it's an interesting one. Maybe we'll come back to Sir Han uh, and Bobby Kennedy for another show. Yeah, okay. need a bit more research there. Yeah. I'd need to, I'd need to like go into the details of um, like all the different like lower basically like we did with JFK and like all the different ways that it could have happened and what happened and that type of thing. Um, <clears throat> so the other Manchurian candidate which I came across, um, which I found quite interesting, um, was Jerry. So this guy called Jerry Leonard is a, an author. He's written a lot of interesting books, actually. Uh, the, perfect the Perfect Assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald, The CIA and Mind Control, uh, Hitler is Winning, Fishing and Hunting, Recruitment and Retention in the US from 1990 to 2005. Um, and he's written some other books on, like, uh, JFK and CIA and MKUltra and stuff like that. Um, so he's put a he wrote a paper on Lee Harvey Oswald, um, and what he said is so in going back to the Manchurian Candidate film, where you've got this soldier who's brainwashed to behave a certain way and then kill the president. Um, he says, consider this kind of modified scenario. So the American soldier is first brainwashed to. Uh, behave as a communist by agent of his own government 
and then he is sent behind enemy lines as a defector only to return to the United States and assassinate the American president while still under the influence of mind control. But this is not a movie plot. It's years of research which has convinced him that this is exactly what happened in the case of JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, okay. So this is something which I haven't kind of, in my JFK thoughts and different things about what happened, I'd never really thought of that. Um, so let's have a look to what he says. He says, um, before you dismiss this, uh, look at how much it explains in light of what we've learned about the CIA's skillful use of mind control fake defectors over the years and anti-communist operations. He says, in a pro in the program known as MKUltra, the CIA spent billions of dollars secretly perfecting mind control technology and brutal methods of eliciting confessions from captured enemy agents, including electric shock, sensory deprivation, hypnosis, truth drugs such as LSD, were developed on hundreds of unwitting victims. Uh, they were used operationally for many years. Um, this counterintelligence technology has now come into light in the Abu Ghraib Garib prison torture scandals. So, before I go into why he thinks that is the case, do you think that's possible? that Lee Harvey Oswald was used completely from start to finish and they were the ones who sent him to Cuba and they were the ones who brought him back and made him vocal, you know, about communism to set him up all along as this killer. Maybe. But it seems like too big a gamble for him. I guess it depends on how effective their brainwashing techniques are. Yeah. Because if they're if their brainwashing techniques are very effective and they, they you know they could get it to work every time without fail. It's so intricate 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 in that by sending him to Cuba and then coming in and be back and going back and forth and it being quite this intricate story even before you know he goes and kills him people are never going to believe that oh that's you know they you, the americans did that do you know what i mean yeah whereas him being like working for the cia or him being completely innocent and being set up it's quite a simple thing for people to put together or understand or think yeah as it is with a lot of the conspiracy theories around it, whereas this is a boatload more intricate and complicated and more stuff can go wrong, but equally, are they more likely to have got away with it? Did they get away with it because of that? Because let's not forget, if he was a patsy or if he was Manchurian candidate, however, he... You know, if he's not fully responsible for it, there are people who are, are got away with it. So did they get away with it because they had this really intricate, elaborate 
plan to send him to Cuba and back and all this different stuff. It's quite a little interesting twist, I thought. So, the CIA researchers sought to develop countermeasures against human weaknesses, which identified MKUltra tests to create torture-proof American agents who could be sent into energy, em, enemy territories on intelligent, intelligence missions to be used to infiltrate enemy organizations and convincing double agents and provocateurs. But the CIA did not stop there. They also developed methods to brainwash involuntary assassins who would not question orders to kill on command in Cold War operations. According to declassified government documents published by the New York Times, agents would carry out these actions even against the fundamental laws of nature as self-preservation. Which I found quite interesting because that wording uh, from that which is taken from a declassified document is it's not they want they did these experiments so agents would be able to, to carry out actions against their natural self-preservation. It says such agents would uh, such agents would carry out actions even against self which makes it sound like they did it rather than they were doing these experiments to try and do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So did they succeed all along? And they've just declassified a load of stuff, which was about the like the in, in experiments, investigations into it. But they haven't declassified all the successful missions that they've achieved since and probably still are achieving by using this technique. Did it work? That's the question, I guess. Is it still going on? How many people are mentioning yeah. candidates? Well, mate, how many people you could be like... Like, I always think, like, if they were successful, they could have spies who are spies but don't know they're spies. Yeah. Which brings a whole, like, weird, like, thing of on top of, on top of everything. It's like... You could have people being full, full blown like James Bond spies, but like not know about it. It's so, like yeah. they book off a Wednesday on work, from work from their nine to five, and go and carry out a mission, and then go back to work on Thursday and say, like, "Oh, what did you do on your day off? Uh, housework." And they wouldn't know any difference. That's if that that's if they were successful. So. Uh, they described in uh, a CIA memo from 1978, they described an experiment using involuntary assassins, which was written before the JFK assassination. Um, so this was from, sorry, that wasn't clear. Um, the CIA memo, which I'm about to say, they put, it was published in the New York Times in 1978 but it was written before the JFK assassination. Uh, 
regarding involuntary assassins. Uh, it predicted the details surrounding the crime with eerie precision. According to the declassified memo from the 50s, as a trigger mechanism for a bigger project, a defector would be manipulated to kill an Amer American official under the influence of the CIA mind control and then be disposed of after being taken into custody for the crime. Flash forward to 1963, a few years later, a defector, Oswald, kills an American official, Kennedy, and is then disposed of in police custody by Jack Ruby. The trigger mechanism, death of the president, clears the way to a bigger project. How about that? <laughs> I, I, when I was, I was giggling to myself reading this, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I read that one. <laughs> it's like, what you do with that? It's like, it's a declassified CIA memo which describes exactly, exactly, not even like similar, it's like exactly what would happen years later. Yeah. Like how, I, I just don't see how you can explain that. But you're the, you're the king of the, uh, what's it? You know, the thing is, you say that, the Simpsons, thing. mate. Yeah, I know that, but like the Simpsons is like um, some of them can be put down to like coincidence, whereas like that is like it's very specific, like it's detailed. It's not just like oh, uh, a CIA mind control guy is going to kill someone and then we'll get rid of him after. It's He's going to kill. Um, it's just, it's a trigger. The, like the killing is a trigger for a bigger project. He's going to kill an American official who's under the influence of mind controlled, and then he's going to be killed after he's taken into custody. It's like, oh, and the defector bit as well. So it's like, it's very specific. It is, but it's also very vague in America, that. Do you think? Look at almost any assassin of the presidents. They've been a defector. It's a bit too... It's specific, but it's still random. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Mate, I, I, I could write a out and say, I've seen the future. It sounds horrible this way, but I could say I've seen the future. There's going to be a gunman aged 22 who's going to go into a school in America and shoot eight pupils. I could be a bit more specific, yeah, but, but it's likely it's going to happen. Yeah, but unless you're going to say, like, it's different though, that, isn't it? Because that's, like, general. You're not talking about, like, an American official and a Defector from a, like the communist country at the time, obviously it was different. I don't know. You, you I care what you're saying. Like I just the think classified files. Yeah, yeah. That they is from a CIA. And remember, it's from a CIA memo. That is as well. Yeah, but remember, they will only declassify it. They will only let us see what we need to see. Yeah, there is that that part of it, I suppose. But yeah. I, the, the I can't MK think of like, what else it can how much stuff do you think they haven't declassified? Oh, yeah. God, I would hate to How much more deeper and twisted does it go? 
I'd hate to think, mate, uh, some of the stuff they've done really would. Um, all right, so let's see what this guy says to finish off. He says, um, the parallels are striking, but there is, is the, he says, but is there supporting evidence for the scenario of Oswald being an unwitting, manipulated intelligence pawn for this operation? Uh, he says, uh, declassified memos in an investigative reporting by various source, sources have taught us a great deal over the past four years and how the involunt involuntary operatives could be cleverly programmed by the CIA as apparent communist sympathizers to infiltrate and disrupt communist inf uh, organizations. Uh, we now know that during the 1960s, scores of phony leftists were used by the CIA and the FBI to infiltrate and discredit organizations through violent behavior in infamous programs such as I can't pronounce that. Cointel Pro. Sorry. Um, now I'll stop there a minute. What I will say is I that a hundred percent the government does that. CIA, FBI, government, whoever, where they they send people. But they did it in the eighties with the right wing uh, in the UK. They like had people in their groups to escalate stuff. And I fully believe that a lot of the Antifa stuff, and I'm no Antifa fan whatsoever, I think they're horrendous. But, like, I fully believe that some of those people, uh, like people who have been positioned there by the government to purposely stoke up the violence for whatever reason, whether it's to discredit a certain group or to antagonise another group. So I do think that that's... You know, that's pretty likely, especially what they did similar in Cuba, didn't they? Yeah. It was sending people over there and stuff. Um, and then when you take into account also that um, JFK was trying to get rid of the CIA and espionage and secret societies, all these things that the people who would be capable of doing this stuff were like part of and back in and like, had a big hand in. He wanted to get rid of all those groups. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, bit of a weird one. Um, he says, he goes on to say, we have also learned how a supposed lone nut, it's my favourite thing, for like all these like shootings or bombings or whatever it may be, assassinations, it's always a lone, lone guy. Lone guy, always. Yeah. It makes me giggle. Not what they're doing, but like just the fact that it's always the same. And these days, like in the like since two thousand or say since two thousand and one, it's always like a long, long guy who's takes uh, either it's, it's usually either antidepressants or antipsychotics. It's mad, isn't it? That the most looked after and guarded person in the world assassinated by nobody's really. Yeah. The crazy thing is, you put a group of these nobodies together and give them a few box cutters and a plane, the damage them nobodies can cause, mate. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Most defended countries in the world, most defended presidents in the world, and like Joe Bloggs, just like me or you, or like someone who takes antipsychotic medication. So, like, if I was guarding the president, 
I'd be like looking out for people who are looking a bit shady or potentially people who could be a threat. So if I was like surveying um, like a, a function, I'd be looking into the background of the guests and stuff, you know, to make sure that if there's people who've got issues, people who've been vocal about certain presidents, I'd want to know about it. And let's be honest, Lee Harvey Oswald was very vocal about his disdain for JFK. Now, whether that was his own thoughts, who knows? Um, yeah, so we also learned how the supposed lone nut, Lee Harvey Oswald, was seemingly a rational behaviour, actually complemented such espionage programmes. His defection to the Soviet Union, which was secretly handled by the CIA as a counterintelligence mission and mirrored an elaborately staged defection involving another low-level American soldier with similar background that had begun the very same year as Oswald's did. So they do, it's not just Oswald that they do it, did it with. Uh, following his return to the US, Oswald leveraged his de facto, de facto credentials to play a part of pro-Castro activist while constantly surrounded by anti-communists with links to the intelligence world. His best friend in Dallas was a wealthy white Russian with ties to the CIA and the address of the future CIA director, George Bush, in his telephone register. Fancy that. All these coincidences. It is like the Simpsons myth. It is, oh, it? Just so many coincidences. i got some more for you now. So after moving to New Orleans, Oswald formed an unauthorized chapter of a Castro friendly group targeted by the CIA and handed out pro-Castro leaflets printed with the office address of an FBI anti-communist expert. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? These coincidences just stack up. Uh, future lone net assassin and pro-Castro activist Oswald even met with one of the CIA's anti-Castro assassins in New Orleans while under the CIA and FBI surveillance. This came out in the New York Times in 1903. His supposed pro... Uh, right, so anyway, this guy goes on, he says, like, his supposed pro-communist behaviour fits the profile of a hypnotised anti-communist infiltrator, infiltrator as detailed in the declassified documents from this era. Military hypnotist George Eastbrooks, Estabrooks, sorry, uh, even bragged of carrying out an operation by employing a brainwashed Marine who was hypnoprogrammed with a pro-communist personality so he could prematurely be discharged from the service as a fake defector and then be used in anti-communist intelligence operations. Further, he claimed his hypnosis technique had been used to create assassins many times over. There you go. So according to like the the research of this guy and some other journalists and you know like you're talking like New York Times as well, um, so sort of big publications, you know, just not like Joe blogs on the internet. Um, you know they've done this before. They probably done it since, um, and they've done it successfully. They've done it with a marine who's got full on training. 
you know, for like I would imagine Marines have training for if they get captured for torture and that sort of thing. This the military hypnotist George Estabrook was able to program him with a complete communist personality, which you'd think would take some doing. Mm. The human like, mind is crazy. The, it is the amazing, things you could probably get it to do and use it for. Yeah, and I always get stuck on that bit of when, I, when they say like you humans only use a very small part of their brain. Um, and I often think about how powerful the other part of the brain is and what you know, how how much potential does the human mind have? But equally, as well as that, like, maybe, like, we're sort of half, like, laughing at it and joking around and whatever and saying, oh, you know, brainwashing is horrific what they did. Could they really, you know, can they really program someone to do this and that? But, like, I kind of do think they probably could have. And from it's a lot so of these... believable. And from a lot of the research with this, with the, that this guy's done and the declassified documents and stuff, it kind of seems like they did do it and they succeeded and they, at least for a, for a time, were able to use these programmed assassins to carry out intelligence missions and pass messages and assassinate people. It's, um, it's a weird one. I don't know where I stand on Manchurian candidates. However, um, I'll post a link to the, you can get the full art, full article, which, uh, which Jerry uh, Leonard wrote, because um, it is really, really interesting to read. Um, it is, yes, I don't know what, like before I did the show, I was like Manchurian candidates. I definitely think they've, come close they definitely tried to do it i'm not sure if they ever did and then and and thinking the only real one i could think of was sirhan sirhan and then now i'm like oh maybe lee harvey oswald was that kind of fits and having read that guy's paper i'm a bit like oh maybe that kind of fits with everything everything fits nicely into place with that with in terms of like why the people did kill him and also why they never got caught because it was very intricate and deliberate what they did and and they killed lee harvey oswald so people could never find out really other than these declassified documents which tell people they did it yeah but you know that's just that and that is what it is mate um so do we next week go into Sirhan Sirhan in detail and do the Bobby Kennedy assassination and like have a proper look at the facts around why or like why he was killed, how he was killed, did Sirhan do it, what are the other options do you reckon? I think it's worth going into because there's bound to be more tangents and more to it yeah, because I didn't look so much at the like the facts around the murders for that. I was trying to like look at 
what people are saying about his amnesia and the reasons he says he didn't do it and you know like his parole and stuff and then i got into the jet the, when i came came across the uh lee harvey oswald stuff i was like whoa this is well interesting and i went off on a tangent with him um so yeah so next week we'll do Sirhan Sirhan and the murder of Bobby Kennedy, uh, which will be very interesting, and we'll get a fax down. Do you have anything to add on Lee Harvey Oswald and the, my new theory that he was mind-controlled? I'm not buying it yet because I've never really looked into it, and it's never even crossed my mind with him. Yeah. Same here, mate. I'm gonna I'm maybe gonna brainwashed, but mind controlled. I don't know. Yes, it's an interesting one. Isn't it? I'm gonna send you the art, the like the paper I read because it is really interesting. Even regardless of whether you believe it, don't believe it, it's just really, you know, it is really interesting. Um, so I'll have a good look over it. Yeah, you can find Reese on Twitter at Shaw Celtic. You can find me on Twitter at AceCast Nation, uh, ask the AceCast underscore Nation, Facebook.com slash AceCast Nation, uh, <clears throat> YouTube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation, and all the usual podcasting apps. Tell us which conspiracy theories are your favorites. Tell us some of your theories around mind control or any other conspiracy theory and uh, we'll see you next week for Sirhan Sirhan and the murder of Robert Kennedy cheers Nostar Cariads Podcast Network.